podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. And we're back once again, yes. David Campbell will not leave me alone. I cannot have a break from these central shows without an aggressive letter-writing campaign from David I Don't Work Here Anymore Campbell. Welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets, Mandalorian, the crown jewel in our programming. Welcome to ESSR Central. My name's Ross McLeod, your host as always, and I'm joined... By the wonderful John Isherwood. John, how are you? I am very good, my friend. I'm very good. Everything all right with you? No, yeah, I'm brand new, brand new. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Before we launch into today's uh, podcast, I've just got some breaking news, which I- I'm sure you'll be very excited about. Oh, lovely, lovely. It's about a former WWE superstar, and uh, they are now just making it rain. They've, they've just become like a-, a millionaire, a crypto millionaire. I think I've seen this. I think I know who it is. Yeah, Lana. Lana is now a crypto millionaire. You know, just in case you were wondering how Lana was doing, because obviously not no one's really heard of her for a bit. So gratitude turned her into a real estate mogul, owning 15 properties and becoming a crypto millionaire. Check that out. Sharing it not out of arrogance, but just wanted you to, to know that she's she's wedged. Jesus, I know. It's, she was, would you call it, she was pretty well set up, but I mean, she's... A lot of wrestlers just kind of, oh, well, I'll go to another promotion or I'll make more money. You know, she's been smart and now she's going to be living the good. No wonder Miro's not on AEW. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't care anymore. He's just investing in Bitcoin. I can't wait for the new promos. It's no longer my flexible wife. It's my flexible, rich as fuck wife. But <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Very exciting. Before we get into that and stories of people's wives and walk-offs and everything in between, remember... By the dip and all that. (laughs) (laughs) You can listen to the massive back catalogue of previews, reviews, interviews and all the news we have on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. That's on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify and all Android podcasting sites. And at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. You can find us there, get involved in the conversation. So, let's talk about it. Uh, let's talk about... Uh, it's a story that's it broke last week. We didn't have time to do a show last week. I was swept up in Seville fever, which cured <laughs> my clock on Wednesday night, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Raw advertised a massive six-pack challenge. It was going to be Naomi, Sasha Banks, currently the Raw, uh, sorry, currently the women's tag team champions, Dewdrop, Nikki Ash, Becky Lynch, and Asuka. Six women, six pack challenge. To one of would face Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell. Thought, wow, this looks amazing. This looks great. We then see. I'm just going to go through the timeline of events. Becky Lynch comes up on screen, not not off screen, actually on screen, part of the storyline, and says to Adam Pierce, I've just seen uh, Naomi and Sasha in the parking lot with their bags. They're not here. I should be number one contender now. And Adam Pierce sort of playing businessman, saying, I'm working on it, I'm working on it. I'm 
I'm going to make it a singles match, a one-on-one match. I mean, fuck Nikki A.S.H. and two-drop, right? Uh, it'll be you and Asuka later tonight. So I, we were all thinking... I, I remember texting with my cousin who was watching live at the time, thinking, this is a bit weird. They've advertised a massive six-pack challenge only to less than an hour into Raw completely change it. We then hear more and more reports that it's an actual walkout and that Sasha and Naomi frustrated with creative direction for their characters and the women's tag titles, have put the tag titles on Johnny. It's not personal. It's just budget cuts. Best of luck in your future endeavours, Laurinaitis. Um, They've put the titles on his desk and they've walked out. We then fast forward to SmackDown. This thing grows arms and legs as it goes. (laughs) Michael Cole on SmackDown says... Naomi and Sasha Banks let us all down when they walked out of SmackDown, uh, when they walked out of Raw, uh, confirms the story that they did leave the titles on John Laurinaitis' desk, announces that the two of them have been stripped of the women's tag titles and that a future women's tag title tournament will take place with what teams, we don't know yet. This was a thing that they just grew arms and legs over the past five days and then... You, it, it, it's just bizarre. It's it's uh, it, it's two of WWE's top women performers walking out in the company and leaving behind their titles. Rumours uh, were that Naomi was going to win the six-pack challenge. There's other rumours saying that they weren't supposed to uh, like interact with Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop in the match. But then there was no future plans to have Nikki SH and Dewdrop challenge them for the title. So then they were frustrated by that. There's been rumours that Sasha was meant to win. There was rumours that they weren't happy with their involvement in the match. It's just it's one of those ones. I don't think you'll ever ever know the truth. We still don't know the full story of Austin walking out in 2002. But John, what have you made of all this? This is one of the most unbelievable situations that I've heard in a long, long time. I'm still thinking, is it a work? You know, but it appears not to be. Uh, there's so many permutations in this. It's absolutely bizarre. But I can see where the ladies are coming from and that they're not happy with the way things were going. And to be fair, the women's tag team titles have been kind of treated very, very badly. It's mainly for these teams that just get thrown together. I mean, you know, they, they did seem to be going all in with Boss and Glow, if you will. You know, they've released the merch. They were shilling the merch on the TV. You know, they were showing that out. They were getting very excited about it. And then all of a sudden, it just seems to come crashing down in an instant. And and you have to think, well, what's what's gone on here? What what has really happened? There were all the talk about them worrying about being in the ring with somebody they felt was unsafe. I don't think that was a ever a case they've been in the ring with every single person in that six pack challenge match. You know, there was no reason that any of those ladies were dangerous performers whatsoever. None of them are. And, and then, you know, they're throwing the tag titles down, they're walking out. And then all of a sudden they're being removed from everything. And, and Michael Cole's doing his thing and saying that, you know, that, that they've been stripped of the titles. Corey Graves own commentaries burying them. They got buried again this week on, on raw and uh, they've been removed from the merchandise store and everything else. It is a utterly wild situation, especially with Sasha Banks. And, you know, no disrespect to Naomi, because obviously her connections with her 
her husband. She could be part of the bloodline if they went that direction. But Sasha Banks is undoubtedly one of the biggest stars in WWE. It doesn't matter whether it's on the women's side, the men's side, but she's one of the biggest stars in WWE, without a doubt. She's recognizable all over the world. I mean, her cousin Snoop Dogg for a kickoff. I mean, that, that, that's just a big celebrity connection. She was in The Mandalorian. How did the WWE not even make anything of that? It was unbelievable that they missed that chance to have something surrounding Sasha Banks being probably the biggest streaming TV show at the time. What an absolute mistake that was. And if they think that letting Sasha Banks go because they want to appear the strong man in this standoff, it's not going to turn out well. I mean, look, I'm sure Sasha Banks was on a lot of money. I'm sure Naomi had a very good contract as well. Those two could probably happily walk away from this and not come back. And in many ways, you probably wouldn't blame them. Because them two walking away does show the complete deficiency they've got in the women's tag team division. That They're talking about calling up people from NXT just to put them in the tournament. They're not even going to come close to winning it when they've got probably the hottest female tag team that they could use from fan reaction and everything else on the roster in NXT. They've got a women's stable there that they could bring up and do something with, but they won't. Mm-hmm. It's a, it is an unbelievably weird situation. The backing for Sasha and Naomi has been unbelievable uh, from talent across the board. You hope this one doesn't turn nasty. People seem to get drawn back in in the end anyway. But, I mean, for me, if this is legit, if this is kayfabe, if this is them walking out and going, we don't want a part of this anymore, I think Sasha Banks is definitely going to be the more comfortable out of the two. And Naomi's going to take a, a, a big break. But, yeah, Sasha could easily walk away and go, yeah, I've had enough of this. I'm just going to go to Hollywood. This is a thing with uh, Naomi too. Um, the the issues our husbands had, uh, personal issues with DUIs and what have yeah. you. Um, th- that's led to her taking time off, and then you know she's came back. She was in that never ending feud with Sonia, but you know they they got there eventually. She got a big spotlight in the lead up to WrestleMania, being Ronda Rousey's tag partner in a lot of pay per view events. Uh, and then, obviously, the big WrestleMania spotlight. Um, it, it seemed like she was back onto, um, b- b- like back on the trail, back on a, a sort of steady run on the main roster. And then, all of a sudden, this has happened. Maybe, like, I, I'm not saying she's a troublemaker. I'm saying she's very unlucky. It seems to be when someone does something, she gets caught up in it. But um, yeah, just. Uh, as you said, I hope it doesn't turn nasty. I don't... Anything Corey Graves or Michael Cole... Well, anything Michael Cole says, I don't hold against him. Michael Cole is the the lead announcer of WWE. He's the voice of WWE, whether people like it or not. Yeah, and all those people who were saying like, oh, look at... Yeah, I know Pat McAfee said that he didn't know anything about this or whatever, but they were going, oh, why don't Pat McAfee looks so uncomfortable? Why is he, why is he not delivering... Can you imagine Pat McAfee trying to deliver that kind of content? Pat McAfee doesn't do serious. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine him trying to do that? So all those people who were saying, oh, Pat McAfee should have been part. No, 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 no. Michael Cole, as you say, is the lead announcer. That is the guy who delivers that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And 
Um, have you seen Mark Henry's comments? Yes, uh, yes. So what I was going to get into with, with Cole was Cole's the mouthpiece the WWE put out there. Same way, you know, it might be a different, you know, way, but Tony Schiavone is that for AEW. Tony yeah. can't give the script, he reads it. So, but Corey Graves, I don't know if it's from their time in NXT. I don't know if he just didn't like her attitude, but he's never had, never had a nice thing to say about Sasha Banks. And Mark Henry has apparently said, um, the comments about Naomi, the Usos should have uh, should have knocked out Corey Graves and Booker T's reaction and Booker T's word, uh, words on the subject were were actually quite funny. He just responded, I guess being in AEW means you completely forget how to do business. Yeah, I did see that actually. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wild, isn't it? I mean, like, I, I can't believe, you know, I just can't believe everything surrounding this and the fact that it's still going on and it, it looks like it's going to drag out for a lot longer as well. Yeah, I think this will be a... Um, it won't be an Ali situation uh, where he eventually comes back. I think it'll be a Neville situation where he just sits at the contract and eventually... Again, let's talk about how the contract works now. You know, they're saying that that this, you know, due to some loophole, they can just basically extend the time on the contract for a little bit and yep. make them sit it out because apparently the contracts were up and, and it's like being injured where they can add the time to your contract. And uh, it, it's, it's very, very messy. And, you know, you don't want to see that right now with any company, whether it was AEW or WWE, you, you do not want to see that kind of nasty situation get played out. You know, this this should have been dealt with in a much better manner, you know, and, and that goes down to the people who were dealing with the talent at the time. Dealing with talent is a difficult skill to master. And, you know, as head of talent relations, uh, Big Johnny, uh, he probably should have, you know, seen this kind of coming and instead of being shocked by it, said right ladies let's sit down and talk about it i know you're unhappy let's sit down and okay let's remove you from the match tonight let's forget that we'll come back to something else tell us what you want tell us what we can do we'll meet in the middle and it it's so it's just a mess man it really is it's it's one of those one of those ones i think you'll know in maybe about five ten years time when wounds are healed and, and the books are out. Uh, and cooler heads prevail what actually happened. But anyway, let's move on from, you know, the the Fatu households lost the tag title, but then the Usos decided, you know what, we'll bring an extra one home. So this, uh, the tag team unification match that we were meant to get at WrestleMania Backlash finally happened on an episode of SmackDown. The Usos defending their SmackDown titles against RK Bro defending their Raw tag team titles. Uh, the Usos, to the surprise of absolutely no one, uh, the WWE UK Facebook page accidentally, on the Thursday, posted and then removed Who Can Stop Them? And it was a graphic of the Usos from the photo shoot with both titles. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Um, saying Who Can Stop Them? But yeah, the Usos are now the undisputed, unified tag team champions same as their cousin Roman it's sort of a weird one where it's 
it's a unified title, but it's not actually a unified title. They're still both two separate titles, two separate reigns. And I think it's just because they've not got enough tag teams or enough challengers at the minute that they're just throwing two titles onto the bloodline. But the bloodline's got all the gold. And what do you think of the Usos as the undisputed tag team champions? They are the premier tag team in WWE at the moment, without a doubt. You know, they're the ones who are at the top of the storyline tree as well with the bloodline. And yeah, I, I firmly expected that they were going to win it. I mean, RK Bro was so unbelievably over and still are so unbelievably over. Riddle and Orton have been incredible during this whole RK Bro thing. It's been just so good to see. Riddle has become a massive star. Randy Orton looks like he's had the most fun in his career. And if he is genuinely injured right now and he's got to take that time off, fair play to him. Take as much time as you need, Randy, because I think over the past 12 months or so, he's put in an absolutely epic shift and he deserves a little bit of time off. Fair play to the guy. Um, but yeah, the Usos, they they are the top of the tree. And as you say, it's who faces them now because is it going to be this set of thrown-together tag teams? You know, And who have they got to face? You know, There's the Street Profits, the perennial pretenders, to the throne, the ones that I, you know, I had a lot of hope for the Street Profits, especially after seeing them in NXT. I thought they were going to really go on and, and press on. I thought the pandemic year, uh, if WrestleMania had gone ahead as it it did, uh, they would have taken the tag titles there because they were, again, super over at the time. They seem to have flipped them between sort of face and heel and tweener and, and now the back face again. It's, it's a bit of a strange one with them. But then after the Street Profits, what, we've got Alpha Academy? Yeah, they're not going to win it off the Usos, are they? They're not going to take it. Um, and who else is there? Because I'm trying to think of, of WWE tag teams right now, and I genuinely can't. Uh, Viking Raiders. Uh, but but they've been dumped in NXT again for a little bit, trying to put over uh, the Creed brothers. All right, well, uh, Los Lotharios. <laughs> yeah, that ain't going to happen. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a good shake to get the Creeds up because they look ready. They look good to go. I think putting them with the Viking Raiders has given them some great experience. Um, those two boys do look ready to go on the main roster. I, I'd be more than happy to see that. And again, I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm struggling to think who, who takes them on. So like, it's the same with, with Roman at the moment because you have to be ultra special to defeat Roman Reigns. And now I think you've got to be ultra special to defeat the Usos, you know, and they've got to build somebody up to get to this point. They've got to build a team up. And that's not going to happen for a good few months. It's going to take some time. So, again, who is, I mean, we're going, what, we're going to see pretty deadly pop up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not going to happen, is it? Mustache Mountain, are they coming now? Because they're are they, are they breaking up? I'm pretty sure they're breaking up at some point soon. Uh, sorry, spoiler. Um, I don't I don't know if that's happening or not, or whether I just read that in a fever dream. Um, but yeah, you, you're looking down the list, and there you go. You got the the creeds, that the, the um, yeah, Sheamus and and Holland and Butch. They're doing their thing. But I don't think they're going to take that very seriously. And I think first, first up will be the New Day, I think. Yeah, probably will be Kingston and, and Woods, yeah. Yeah, they're the perennial um, 
like the the foil for the the bloodline, and they are someone who is like a ready made team that can be like we beat you countless times before. What about AJ and Finn? Maybe AJ and Finn could be a shout, um, but RK Bro itself won't be a shout. So it looks like um, apparently the storyline going into it was Vince McMahon was convinced there had to be a straight up pinfall new champion, unified champion winner. There couldn't have been shenanigans or DQ finishes. The only thing that was set in stone in the lead up to it, however was the post-match beatdown by the bloodline. Um, apparently, he went back and forward and did actually consider RK Bro to win the title. So, uh, could have been very, very different at that point. It but- was one of those matches that literally could have gone either way, couldn't it? You know, you would have been happy with it. Either result would have been right. Yeah. Well, they've apparently all but confirmed that Orton and Riddle are going to be Roman Reigns' next two opponents. So they teased mm. the the thing with Roman and Riddle with the big knee prior to the the tag unification match. But they all... Yeah. Apparently it's going to be... Roman's next three feuds are meant to be... And spoiler alert for you because he's going to win two out of the three of them at least. <laughs> he's apparently scheduled to face Riddle at Money in the Bank. He's then scheduled to face... Randy Orton at SummerSlam and then at Clash of the Castle in Cardiff, he's due to face uh, Drew McIntyre. To Big Drew, spot. yeah. And, and again, that's sort of slightly up in the air, isn't it? Because they're talking about um, if, if Tyson Fury is free, then it'll be Drew and Tyson. So, Good sake. again, that's still slightly up in the air. If Tyson Fury wants to get in the ring and wrestle, then that's going to be his thing. But if he wants to be there in a non-wrestling capacity, it will be Drew and, and Roman. So it, it is, again, still a little bit up in the air there. I, I've, I've literally just getting getting to the bottom of the entire WWE roster. And I, I just genuinely am struggling for tag teams. I, Nudie, I think, will be first up. Maybe the Fight Night trio. Um, yeah sort of three-on-three thing for maybe a few fun TV matches, but nothing that ever comes close to them winning the titles. And I think I think maybe a SummerSlam feud with Finn and AJ could be could be on the cards. WWE. Could be fun. Yeah, could be fun. Once Finn and AJ finish with Judgment Day, then, then that'll be good. Hey, what about Judgment Day? What about uh, Edge has got some beef with the Usos that he wants to finish why yeah, not I, I just I just don't see because I, I think like you know that whole thing is is more for Edge to put over uh, Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley right now and then whoever else they want to add to it so I, I just kind of don't I, I don't see them you know picking up gold in a sense in that in that way yeah, I don't. Unless another person comes into the fold, which does actually kind of lead us on to our next story mm. quite nicely. Um, so Harland, they're not not airing Harland. Harland <laughs> is it Harland or Harland? Uh, Harland. Uh, which which one? Uh, Erlin or <laughs> all the WWE one? To be Man City player. Uh, that is Harland. The uh, the the WWE one is Harland. <laughs> Parker Bordeaux. Yeah, him. <laughs> um, so apparently he was meant to be he was meant to be a member of Judgment Day. He was Yeah, hand picked apparently. 
handpicked by Edge. Uh, that's why he was taken away from Joe Gacy on TV for a while. Uh, and then uh, WWE apparently didn't like his attitude, didn't like how he was progressing in the ring, and apparently nothing else has came out about this, but WWE apparently found out some unsavoury inf- information uh, regarding Parker Bordeaux and decided to just cut their losses and release them. Um, bit of a loss for the Judgment Day stable. I could picture him as sort of the heavy. He, he does need someone to talk for him. He does have the scary presence, but I've seen his promos. His promos are, are just god-awful. So, <laughs> yeah, unsavoury information. I, I, don't know, I don't know if he's had previous with maybe old tweets that were maybe a bit racist or... It's got to be something there, hasn't it? I mean, do you, do you like take a poo in someone's bag or something like that? I don't know, but it, it, it could be anything, couldn't it? it it's, it, it's a wild one. I mean, he had the look, he had the presence, he had everything there. And I think this is almost like, you know, obviously he's tripped himself up by this unsavory information. And that's not exactly a good thing to have on your CV when you're coming into a publicly traded company where you're going to be on TV every week. Uh, yeah. I was listening to William Regal the other day talking to uh, Renee Paquette. And she was saying that, um, you know, about uh, his time in NXT. And Regal said that, you know, there are people in that PC, he said, which is genuinely the best wrestling school on the planet. And there are people in there who just do not take themselves seriously enough, who do not take this job seriously enough. Maybe he had a little bit of that attitude there, because there's a lot of people, Regal was saying, that basically they do their lessons, they do their class, and then they go straight for their phones and go home. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if people have that attitude in that industry, especially when you get the chance to go and work with with people like that, like Regal hosted an open ring in the advanced class with a bunch of other brilliant talents, and he said it was basically just them wrestling each other and learning new stuff. Nobody bothered to step up. Now, whether that's because they were scared they were going to get stretched out, I have no idea. But nobody stepped up. Well, this is this. You think someone like him would? Because, you know, these people, they want to advance. They want to get better. Why won't you take an opportunity like that? It's the modern era as well. The, like the sort of hazing period, you know, William Regal is... Uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this interview with Renee Paquette as well. It's recently dropped on Renee Paquette's uh, Sessions podcast. You can get that everywhere. It's on YouTube as well. Uh, it's about 40 minutes long and it's well worth the... Yeah, 100%. So... Listen to it after this. Yeah. <laughs> not not now. Not now. No, don't, don't stop this now, Rob. I'll find you. <laughs> um, so, welcome back to you, those that switched off to go listen to the Regal podcast before we ruined it for you. Anyway, uh, I dare um, you. as you've listened to, um, <laughs> you'll know, uh, Regal talked about, Johnny Gargano said, you can teach people to wrestle, but you yeah. can't. To love it. What a quote! I thought that was very poignant. And he also mentioned, uh, Regal on this show mentioned he was for the changes of NXT. Mm. He said after Portland in 2020, pre-pandemic, there was a feeling amongst the roster and the people backstage. We've taken this as far as it can go. There was nothing about AEW. They didn't care about AEW. They weren't. There was no buzz around AEW and the, according to Regal, in the NXT locker room. It was all a case of we're putting on our show and that's all we care about. 
And that's the right attitude. Yeah. If you ask me. That is the, that is 100% the right attitude. Don't worry about the, what the competition are doing. It doesn't matter. Like, care about what you're doing. And, you know, if the competition, you know, have a good show, who cares? You know, they have a good show. Make sure you have a good show as well. And he was mentioning um, how, like, they, they felt they t- there needed to be a change. And when Paul went off, Paul Levesque went off sick and Regal was at home recovering from a pericardectomy, that he knew it was coming. He knew his release was coming, but he wasn't upset about it. He was, you know, he mentioned he was grateful, but he said, he mentioned that there's a lot of people who have been released or a lot of people who are on the main roster who fans are claiming should be used better. And he says they ought to take a right good look at themselves because if they're not working on their promos at home, except they're only working on their promos on promo day, they're not taking advantage of the open ring you mentioned. Uh, the opening ring featured uh, Suzuki from Diamond Mine, uh, Danny Birch and uh, Timothy Thatcher. He said nine times out of ten ended up us wrestling each other. Um, so people not taking advantage of the opportunities that are there for them. He said a lot of people need to take a right good look at themselves and stop blaming everyone else. So I, I felt that was quite interesting. You know you always get a straight answer from William Regal. He mentioned um, he doesn't like gossip. He's got no time for sports teams. So he's never spent much time in the locker room. He used to spend it down by the ring uh, and he would help people if they asked for his help, but he wouldn't He wouldn't give advice unless prompted. And that's sort of how he became the, the, the trainer at NXT. So, interesting. He didn't name names again because he's not a fan of gossip, but it, it just makes you wonder, like who who wasn't taking it seriously, who wasn't. It does make you think that, doesn't it? Because you look at someone like a Parker Pedro, you look at someone like Harland, who had everything, everything, and yeah, they changed his look a little bit. They took, you know, they took his quite unique hairstyle away from him. They shaved his head, and you know, obviously stopped him talking. You know, he didn't get the chance to do a promo, maybe because he was a terrible promo. I don't know. I never saw it. Um, but, you know, maybe he was one of those people in in that setup who just didn't bother. And they thought that they had it all. And, yeah, the, the best way to improve is by, A, just doing the job, and, B, working with people who are, and you can't have an ego, better than you. And you improve by working with these people because they, by osmosis, teach you. And yeah, I mean, like I've been, I've I've stepped in the ring for a hot minute. I've had you know a couple of matches, and I've trained, and I've not been for a little while just due to schedules, and I, you know that's upset me because I've wanted to go. But when I get in, you know, I'm I I can get in the ring with people who are just so experienced. And when you're in there, you know it's safe as houses, and they're going to teach you, and they're going to make you better. And every time I walk out of that that center i feel better for being in there with people who are better than me well another um another quote there that he mentioned was when he was younger he went you don't have to tell me twice to 
to go ask the more experienced wrestlers. He goes, I'm not going to talk down to you. I'm going to talk to you like a fellow pro. Um, he also mentioned Robbie Brookside's class at the training centre. Robbie Brookside has the uh, the starter class, he says, and people go to his class for six months and then they don't go back again. And I always tell them, you can't get a more knowledgeable pro than Robbie. And it might be, he goes, he, he mentioned, he went, if you give me a match and tell me, we want an hour, but you can only do a wrist lock and a headlock. He goes, I can stretch that for an hour. He went, because I'm a pro. He went, yep. Robbie Brookside would be able to do that for an hour. He went, and unless you can do that, you're not ready to stop going to his class. So, yep. 100%. You, know, you can do all the flips and, and, and tricks in the world. You can fly and, and do your you know, 450 moonsaults and, and everything. Do whatever you like. If you can't do the basics and make people believe that you're in danger, peril, and pain, and make you look commanding, putting your opponent in danger, peril, and pain, then you ain't doing it right. Well, he also mentioned, unless you're the one, so that maybe makes me think there has been a really special character that's came through NXT that maybe didn't do all that. And it's like, well, he was the one. The only one I could think of was Velveteen Dream, who's obviously left for other reasons. Yeah, uh, Dream was Dream had a lot of potential there. You know, he, he had everything. He, he probably could go very, very well. And he, he seems to get on get on good in the ring. Um, I mean, I know he didn't go any, he didn't go any further and he, he should have done, but I think the other person who would have been there would have been Adam Cole. See, I see Adam, not as arrogant, but I think Adam Cole might have, might have been the one who, like he took it seriously. He, he went to the classes and maybe that, but hey, maybe he was the one and maybe it was just a lazy prick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But um, that leads us on to the next story. Adam Cole discussing recently why he left NXT for AEW. So again, credit to Renee Young's uh, Sessions podcast. He had an interview with them a few months ago uh, and he said, originally it was, I had a gut feeling in the middle of the night and I had to go with it. Now he's saying the deciding factor was his relationship with Brett Baker. He was mentioning that due to the pandemic and isolating and, you know, the difficulty with travelling, that during COVID and over the past three and a bit years, it's been harder and harder for them in a relationship. And I think fans need to understand that sometimes, you know, we, we don't know what's going on in a wrestler's life, you know, sometimes the, the decision between one company and another could just be because I get to see my partner three days instead of one day a week. And you can't, you can't really judge people for that. Can you? It's sort of, no. a, sort of a work life balance. Yes. You want to see, you know, if you're a WWE fan, you want to see your guys in WWE. If you're an AEW fan, you want your guys in AEW. But sometimes it comes down to the fact that I might not be happier here work-wise, but personal life-wise, I'll be happier here or it'll be easier for me here, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one, isn't it, with that? I mean, like, I, you know, I've recently switched jobs now. I'm working from home full-time now. Uh, and I have realized the the balance that i've got now between actually being able to have a life and still have a very productive 
work life is is great and you know i i get to be able to do things that i haven't been able to do for a long long time and it's great and maybe that kind of like yeah the the pandemic has kind of pushed that along because maybe without the pandemic i wouldn't have been able to have had this opportunity to be able to work remotely um but i get it when you know you've got two people in two different companies on two different i mean aew don't tour so you know obviously brit has her her other job too so her work-life balance is probably all over the place and the fact that they can now be together for a lot longer is better and you know maybe he thought you know what i've loved this because i mean you know the undisputed era for me probably the best faction inside the past 10 to 15 years plus they've been incredible they were incredible in nxt they were great um and could have been so good on the main roster but it didn't work out maybe adam cole just thought you know what it's not all about the money it's about my life now i'm happy in this relationship and oh i've got this offer i can go over to aew and i can do this yeah why not and tell me, has your new job affected your relationship with Britt Baker at all, or are you guys still going steady? Ah, oh, she hates me, so no, <laughs> no, uh, no. It's 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 still the same as it was before, non-existent. <laughs> non-existent. Keep fifty feet away. Oh, I just don't want to mess with Adam Cole. I reckon he'd like super kick me into next week. <laughs> well, um, just looking at the rest of the the news we have here. So Bobby Roode, um, part of the Dirty Dogs tag team, part of the, the bigger feuds in NXT over the past few weeks, along with Dolph Ziggler and the NXT title uh, scene. Um, Dolph Ziggler's recently taking some time off for his stand-up comedy tour, and Robert Roode is back to Bobby Roode on the house shows. He's got his full glorious theme song, his robe, he's got everything back from his NXT run. Is there still hope for Bobby Roode or uh, yeah, Bobby Roode uh, on the main roster, or do you think Bobby Roode peaked in NXT? I do hope there's a good chance for him because I I think he's still an unbelievable talent, you know, and he can still go. And I think he he's maybe not. I know Kurt Angle said he was world champion level; and he should have been world champion, but maybe he's not quite there. But I think he still has a great character uh, who could, you know put over some younger talent as well in the end and look very dominant doing it. Uh, but also just get over with the crowd because, I mean, like we've seen how the, the WWE crowds interact with those entrances like they do with Rollins and singing along to his uh, to his song and getting into it. I mean, like that whole glorious thing is just, it's brilliant. It's visually very, very good. And the, the theme song's just incredible. So, there's a chance he'll get over. I don't know how far he will go, but he can definitely get over. I'm hoping he can at least get back to the mid, the mid card. The SmackDown mid card, other than Ricochet and Gunther at the minute, is completely non-existent. I think he'd be, he'd be a good, a good fit. Uh, yeah, this for... is where this is where SmackDown kind of falls down a little bit, isn't it? Because like it's so top heavy with with Reigns and the Bloodline. The the rest of it just kind of like it, it just happens. Stuff is there, but there's some real there's some good stuff there. There's some great talent on that SmackDown roster, but it just kind of seems to just fall by the wayside. Yeah, it's the pitfalls of having such a 
an overpowered like main card is that everything else looks sort of bleak and shit down the bottom. <laughs> but um, moving on to some McMahon family drama because we've had plenty of that the past few months on this show. So Stephanie McMahon on Thursday the 19th of May has put out a tweet saying as of tomorrow I'm taking a leave of absence from the majority of my responsibilities at WWE. WWE is a lifelong legacy for me and I look forward to returning to the company that I love after uh, that I love after taking this time to focus on my family. Um, first response, Johnny Gargano you're the best Stephanie, enjoy the time with your family. That was nice. Um, yeah, so Stephanie McMahon taking some time away from WWE, obviously earlier this year Triple H announced that he was retiring after his uh, heart issues and his health issues uh, it looks like Stephanie and Triple H are going to take some time just to just to be a family and you know what good for them they've whatever you think about them as on-screen characters as people like I don't see people more dedicated to you know business life family life and then keeping in shape you know to get in the ring at multiple WrestleManias together so Hey, fair play to both of them, and hopefully Stephanie and Triple H enjoy their time off together. Yeah, I mean, like, I've always remember those videos of them training at midnight and stuff like that, you know, and getting stuck into a gym really late and filming their workouts. And I, I remember when I met Triple H on a, a UK uh, press tour, uh, and he's, you know, he was in exec mode, and he said he's got two watches on, you know, he's looking at a time in America and in the UK where he was right now. And yeah, you know, he he really was just all in. He was in with the business and doing his thing. Uh, obviously, his heart problems means he's never going to get back in the ring again. And fair fair play, you know that's the right thing to do. Um, I have heard he's working back full time again with WWE, but I I do hope he's you know working remotely. Um, and yeah, I mean, all power to him and Steph. Take your time, enjoy yeah, everything you got with the family. I think Stephanie's been there, as she said, since she was a teenager. You know, she's been with that, been in that corporate environment for so long. It must be, even though despite being probably very enjoyable, extremely draining. So fair play for her just saying, right, you know what? I need some time out. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Paul Levesque, sorry, Triple H, back working, hopefully, as you said, remotely. I don't think he'll be back in NXT anytime soon because I don't think no. he would have been consulted about this decision we're going to talk about because John let me talk to you <laughs> oh I know where we're going here the name is Max Dupree no no wait <laughs> say it right it's Max Dupree <laughs> no I refuse to do that <laughs> uh, Okay, another name change in WWE because why? Because fuck you and fuck the people you like, that's why <laughs> you think we were being bastards by taking Eli Drake? You ain't seen nothing yet, we're going to take LA Knight from you, just just as you started to like it, we're going to take that too <laughs> Oh you know? man, it's it's the right situation isn't it? I mean, like, I'm so happy that the dude is on the main roster because he deserves it, because he's good and uh, he can easily get over. The man can talk. I, I think I know Mark Henry has said this before. If he drops the kind of like rockisms, if you will, and just be, you know, is more Max Dupree uh, than anything else, then that's great. 
Um, and it seems that he's kind of doing that. But um, I'm so happy he's on the main roster, even with a daft name. It's you say about the rockisms. Once somebody points it out to you, it's kind of hard to unsee, isn't it? Uh, yep, you can't unsee it. You can see every single time. It's the cadence. It's everything. The walk, the way he gets into the ring, the point to the crowd. Yeah, everything about it screams Rocky fanboy, and I'm raging because if he's not allowed to do it, it means I'll never be allowed to do it. So, <laughs> but like, I mean, like it's great to see him there, and apparently he's, you know, it, it seems that he's doing the uh, the gimmick that was in the dark matches that, that they filmed the uh, model management thing. So we, maybe we are going to see those two particular talents turn up alongside him. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a very. Um, who was the two talents he was working with? And it was um, for the former Mace, who is now Face. Oh, and right. um, I believe it was um, Mansoor. I think, off the top oh. of my head, I think I'm, I I won't quote me on that. I'm gonna have to Google it in a second. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that now while we're talking and uh, try and fill for time. Uh, but yeah, he. Um, uh, when he um, when he he turned hey, excuse me he turned up and I was like oh this is great but he, they changed his look a little bit again you know they they just made it a little bit different they slicked his hair back because it's normally sort of spiked up um, and and that was yeah that was a little bit random um, but yeah he uh, yeah it was Mace was the first one that he turned up with and I I do believe there's another that he introduced. Um, let's see if this is the, the, the correct thing. Cause it was only a few weeks ago that he was doing it. And, um, yeah, the face, yeah, he changed his name to face. I remember seeing that. It was ridiculous. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Mansoor. It was, it was Mansoor. No, there we go. I, I actually wouldn't mind that. Mansoor and, um, would you call it Mansoor and face? I mean, d- Mansoor is incredibly, you know, he's over with the Saudi Arabia crowd, but it's nice to see him actually on the main. And we've seen that he is quite funny. He is quite charismatic, you know, with his NXT pre-shows. He's good in the ring, but he maybe just needs that little bit extra. Yeah, maybe they're seeing that, like, you know, they're seeing um, LA Knight, Max Dupree, as uh, the the kind of like conduit to get a couple of these guys a little bit more, you know, he's he's more experienced. I'd I'd say, you know, he's the kind of person who can help them out a little bit. And then maybe you know when he can change to get in the ring himself, because I I I don't want to see him as a managerial role. You know, I think he'd be wasted in that. He's very, he, you know, he can go in the ring, so I want to see him in there. It's. <laughs> uh... It's a weird one because I like LA Knight and I want to see him. Yeah, I want to see him as a wrestler. But hey, if we get more managers and more interesting tag teams, I mean, we were complaining about the Usos not having challengers. Yeah, it's a very um sort of like late eighties, early nineties gimmick, isn't it? Yeah, it seems that kind of that kind of era. If only they had someone in NXT, an NXT original maybe who who had a male model gimmick and was. Over- <laughs> And could wrestle and had everything, everything. Oh, uh, that was a, yeah, that was the fellow with the selfie stick, wasn't it? If I, if I remember rightly. We'll, we'll, we'll breeze past that anyway. Yeah. Hey, boom, boom. <laughs> uh, some good news on the British independent scene. Uh, Gabriel Kidd uh, took some time off recently for mental health issues. He's shown up at RevPro. So good to see uh, Gabriel Kidd back. We don't know if this was a one-off thing or if it's going to be full-time, but uh, great to see 
Gabriel Kidd back in, would you call it? In Red Pro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's always good to see somebody back. You know, who's taken that that time out that they needed to take. Uh, it's important to do that. And I know, you know, this this business as well, I've seen it with other talents, can be very mentally draining. It's it's hard to kind of get around sometimes. And uh, it, it's always good to be able to take that time out. And I'm sure he had a great support network. And now he's back doing, yeah, you know, what he loves. That's a good thing to see. Yeah. Um, let's talk about from the good to the extremely shitty. Um, Joey Janela. Oh, my God. Not not Joey Janela the person. Some of the stuff's quite funny. Some of the deathmatch stuff I like. This was a spot that... that this stupid. Spot, yeah, that every Jim Cornette rant incoming, you know what, you brought it on yourself, lad. Um, so Joey Janela decided to set his own boot on fire. Because why not? And then super kick someone. Because... When you kick someone in the face, flames go out, except they don't. And he his, he had to get the shoe off his foot before it melted around his foot. At no point in the proceedings did anyone say, hey, do you want to get a fire extinguisher? I doubt there was a fire extinguisher in the building. Well, there was three bottles of water, though, so it was all okay. Yeah, three bottles of water that were probably half finished. Not because the crew got them, not because the fans seen that this was a stupid idea and went, here, there you go, put yourself fucking out because you're on fire. Yeah, It was <laughs> just stupid. Incredibly stupid. Incredibly, incredibly stupid. In fact, Booker T even said that. He said, Joey Janela, that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my career. Well, there you go. And that was a guy who was called GI Bro for Christ's sake. <laughs> Very true. I mean, it's just, oh my word. He says this. It, I just got the quote here. Actually, he says that right there just embodies what I talked to my young students about. If that's the route you want to go, that's on you. But plan on working that scene forever because this is not stuff they do in the major leagues. He's right. Yeah, this is. It's. Uh, it's just stupid. I mean, like. Why would you even think that that was a a, a good thing? I, I get it. People, you know, enjoy that kind of stuff. You know, and it, it, it's not for me. You know, it, it ain't for me. I don't mind it. You know, like, like that the old hardcore matches. I enjoy with an ECW. I'm not down with like fire in in my. I don't see the point in it. I just, you know, I I don't get it. It's maybe it's me. I I don't know. But I just don't get it. Oh, yeah, it's you, John. Old man yells at Cloud. It's clearly... <laughs> um, anyway, Kurt Angle has recently uh, had two knee replacement surgeries today, so... Yeah, have we... you seen the video of him in hospital as well, by the way? I, I've got the thumbnail here. I've not watched the video. He, but... he literally just put a video up and he's basically like, yeah, uh, I'm okay. I've just had two knee surgeries. I can't feel my legs, but that's the epidural for you. <laughs> Who else but Quagmire? <laughs> he's just he's so he's just laughing along with it, mostly because he was probably you know like just waking up from the operation and he was still coming round. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, Kurt Angle, best best wishes. Two knee replacement surgeries. He's retired. People, leave it be. Well, I do believe he's having his um, his next surgery soon. His neck is being done, and he's going to be in Halo for a little while. So, yeah, I mean, if anybody calls for Kurt Angle to be to get back in the ring, I will once again turn up and say, "What are you talking about, you clown?" 
I'll wave my fist in anger. I'll, yeah, I mean, seriously, leave, leave the guy be and don't even get me started on Ric Flair. Oh, oh God. Well, well we, we need to know that you mentioned it. I forgot about that. 73, Ric Flair, don't do it. 73-year-old Ric Flair is currently training for a wrestling comeback. Oh, that's pain. If, and, and listen, this is it's a big if. If it's on a big stage, like maybe the NWA, we know Ric Flair's legendary legacy with the NWA, and it's with a, a, an extremely safe worker, uh, a Nick Aldis, or, hey, you know what? Uh, Matt Cardona, currently the NWA champion, very safe worker, knows how to work around uh, people's limitations. Man's got a pacemaker. <laughs> F... If it is done on a big stage with a safe professional, it's a single one-on-one -on -one match. Ric Flair breaks out some of the old moves and then Ric Flair ultimately tries so hard but then is defeated. I, I think he could put on a good match. I don't want to see it. I just don't want to see 73-year-old Ric Flair, a man with a pacemaker... I don't want stumbling to, around the ring and then trying to do a front bump. And when he does a front bump, he goes down and I just dread him not getting back up. I don't want to see it. I, uh, yeah. I mean, there's talk. It's apparently going to be, um, what is it? The, um, that, that fan fest that's coming up soon. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Um, it's going to be all part of that with like, you know, Conrad Thompson and all the podcasts. And there was, there was talk of Ricky Steamboat. Apparently he swerved it and went, no, and now there's talk of Hulk Hogan, which I equally oh. do not want to see. Oh. The, Hulk Hogan couldn't wrestle in the eighties, for God's sake! Like, <laughs> I just don't want to. I don't want to see it, and I don't want Flair to do it for his own health. No, you know right, what I mean, I, I just, I, I right, do not I, want him to, to to go down this route. I mean, look, you know, it, this this is the problem with with wrestling. Sometimes it's addictive, and you know. He can't stop himself, and I, I just wish someone would stop him. You know, I, I, it's going to happen, so that's why I was trying to be like, look, if it's with a safe worker... Oh, yeah, it's got to be someone safe. You've got to be ultra safe with him. I mean, if it was WWE, you'd put him in with the Miz. Yeah. I, do you know what I can think of right now? See um, the wrestler. Yeah. The film, York, yeah. Where he on the Ayatollah and it's like 30 years in the making the rematch yeah. <laughs> no no <laughs> and that's it recently like boxing's been doing that like in yeah. UFC and MMA have been bringing the like, old timers back in the 47 year old you know people who probably have, have taken a lot of injuries who, who probably don't want it, you know, because you, you can be as fit as you like at any age, you know, it's all good. But when, you know, I just, I just don't want to see a man with a pacemaker at 73 years old, just try to do one last ride on Space Mountain. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do you know what I think it is. I think if, if, see if WWE maybe put, I know WWE made them like, have the retirement match at 59. Mm -hmm. Uh, sorry, 61. Uh, and had uh, WWE maybe not made him do the retirement match, but like one big last match and then eventually let him just wind down his career yeah. and play matches for maybe the next two years. 
we wouldn't have got Ric Flair in, uh, in TNA, thank God. We wouldn't have got uh, the Hulkamania tour with um, with both of them spilling far too much plasma for old men their age. Yeah. And wouldn't have gotten the god-awful final match of the Sting-Ric Flair saga, which ended with a superplex and yeah. breaking his arm on impact. So, listen... I, I I get that you know, and Jim Ross has talked about this on the the Ric Flair ESPN special. I think that's actually on Disney Plus. I think uh, it is actually. Yeah, pretty sure it is because the rest of them are, aren't they? So thirty for thirty series. Yeah, um, and he talks about how Rick, Richard Flair doesn't exist. Ric Flair exists. Ric Flair has to be on all the time. And you know, <laughs> it's, it's true though. It's um, I met him at, uh, at one of these conventions, and he introduced himself by saying, "Hey, handsome, how you doing?" And he's and he's like, he's doing the thing, you know, with his arm, you know, he's like, he's doing all that, and you're like, you was like, wait, this is actually it's, this is Ric Flair in front of me, and he's in he's in promo mode. Character, yeah. With, like Jim Ross talks about going to a bar and him ordering forty kamikaze shots. On a Thursday afternoon when the bar is completely empty. My Champions League final order, that I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, he just goes about the bar and starts talking to everybody and he was in full-on Ric Flair mode and it was just like, can we not just come down and have a few pre-show beers and <laughs> yeah. have a few laughs? And no, he was on full-on Ric Flair mode. And, but hey, Ric Flair... <laughs> possibly making a comeback dude I mean look Rick I want you to be happy do what you want to do my man but like seriously if you go through with this please be please be careful don't I, don't be doing anything that I, can't, I, do, I don't want to I know he's been taking bumps with Jay Lethal and that but I, I, like just be careful dude oh do you think do you think we could break out the black machismo character one last time I'd love do that you, I'd do love you think that rerun of the macho man and Ric Flair, she was mine before she was yours. Yeah. Oh it's- my God. I do. You know, I, I watched that match not long ago. Actually, <laughs> she was mine before she was yours. Woo! The staple marks. <laughs> you know, he's like, looking at the centerfold. Oh Jesus! Cla- it was the cla- WrestleMania eight, man. What a what a classic. <laughs> Mostly for Brett and Roddy, obviously. Yeah, of course. But anyway. Um, the big news this weekend, obviously, is that it's AEW Double or Nothing. Indeed. Uh, CM Punk and the title picture, uh, Dream Tag Team matches, and the finals of the Owen Hart Foundation tournament, and much, much more. So we'll just get the full card up. And John, I'll let you wax lyrical about any match you want here. Yeah, okay? I've got the I've got the card in front of my face. So you start wherever you want. All right, well, if you've got the card in front of your face, you run down the card for us. All right, well, in that case, shall we go through the buy-in first? Obviously, it's Hookhausen uh, against Tony Nese and Mark Sterling, the uh, the newly formed Hook and Danhausen combination, which is, yeah, probably the most over-undercard act on uh, on AEW right now for no reason whatsoever. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see uh, a little bit more of Danhausen in the ring, don't you think? I mean, especially against, like, Tony Nese, saying that's a... That's a that's a good talent to go up against, and yeah, you know, I mean it's clear which way this is going to go. You got to put Hook over. They're 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 slow building him, aren't they? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're slow building. That's going to be a good. Death Triangle and the House of Black should be very explosive. Looking forward to that. With the, um, obviously with Pac and, uh, and Lucha Bros there and, and uh, Buddy Matthews being part of that with Alistair Black and Brody King. Real good stuff. That should be a great six, man, that one. I'm looking forward to that. But my only fear of that is that, and this is a massive, is that 11 matches on this card? I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the, the, the sort of top six right now, and you're looking at, um, obviously, then you, you mentioned the Dream Tag Match. It's Young Bucks and the Hardys, which is going to be wild to watch. And uh, There's going to be lots of high-flying daredevil kind of stuff going off there. Plenty of super kicks, obviously. Um, oh. in, interesting to watch that one. Yeah, I, I have the fear that with 11 matches on the card, that the House of Black are going to get moved again to the pre-show. Yeah, it could end up on the buy in that, couldn't it? Yeah. And yeah. Fortunate because I, I do I do like uh, House of Black and I do like Death Triangle. It's just like six really likable wrestlers who six just great talents, isn't it, really? Great talents that just kick the shit out of each other. Uh talking of kicking the shit out of each other, Anarchy in the arena. This one's gonna be pretty wild, I think. Moxley, Danielson, of course. Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston, Blackpool Combat Club, uh, teaming up with the boys to take on the Jericho Appreciation Society. I mean, this has got to have some kind of gimmick to it, right? Because, like, you know, Jericho tried to get the stadium stampede on the go, and and, and obviously you got that, that great line from Moxley on uh, on last week's Dynamite when he said, I ain't doing this shit. And, uh, and obviously now this match has turned up. I'm a big mark for Eddie Kingston. I think he's great. Uh, uh, this, this is just going to be a tear-up, isn't it? Yeah, it'll be it'll be six lads kicking the shit out of each other. I think. Which you know, I'm I'm here for. I'm, I'm right. done with that. Ten lads, ten lads, ten. Ten eight. lads, ten lads. I'm gonna I'm gonna bust up. <laughs> ten lads beating the absolute shit <laughs> down okay. with that. There's the uh, the tag team title match as well with uh, Lee and Strickland uh, and uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks and of course Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Uh, I my mate my mate for whatever reason just does not like Keith Lee and I've been trying to say like yeah I think you have to kind of delve back into his back catalogue a little bit to see what he could really do I think he's still feeling his way back in so being part of that team with Swerve Strickland's a good thing I like Swerve a lot big fan of uh, Team Taz in that um, much like when we get to the main event and I'll say this I'm interested to see your opinions on it um, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus tag team title reign has just been dull as dishwater um Maybe it is time for a change. I think I might have lost Ross. You've got me. I was a stupid. T- I was I was running ru- around in the freezer to see what I was having for dinner. Oh, there you go. Well, what are you having? <laughs> I don't know, but I found a vimp toy. Well, so I'm having that just now. But damn right, brother. <laughs> we um we we have a tale as old as time with both Adam Page and. Uh, which we'll talk about later on, and um, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, where it's two two of the homegrown talents, you know, two of the pillars of the early days of AEW. They've been nurtured, they've been pushed, they've had big wins and big losses to build them up as a sympathetic character. And then as soon as they win the title, it's like, well, the chase is over. We know that at least the first month or two, any challenger to them is not a legitimate threat. And it just becomes this whole thing where it's like, is this it? 
Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of this uh, quote from The Dark Knight when the Joker says, uh, it's like a dog chasing a bus. When it actually catches it, it has no idea what to do. And that seems to be what they've done with these title reigns. They've got Hangman Page with this brilliant story. They've got the loot, you know, the Jungle Boy and Lynch stories with this nice little build-up and a good story. They've got the titles and they've gone, what do we do now? Yeah, we don't know what to do. And again, I think it's time for a change there with that one. We'll get to the main event in just a bit, obviously. But Thunder Rosa, Serena Deep for the women's title should be a cracker. Um, I... I Big fan of Thunder Rosa. Serena Deep's an amazing talent uh, and a credible threat. Again, I don't think, like, since Thunder Rosa won the title, they've not done enough with her. No, it's been... It's not been the most productive era of um, champions in AEW, has it? Because you've got the Thunder Rosa, everyone wanted her to win it, from Britt Baker. Britt Baker, a despicable heel who... Part of the reason you tuned in was because you wanted to see who would take the title. Kenny Omega was the same. Um, the Bucks were the same. Um, you wanted to know who took that title eventually, and it, it's just—it's a weird one, isn't it? It's strange. Yeah. Yeah. I I would um, going back to the tag match. I I think I would have Team Taz win it. I think Team Taz needs something to hang their hat on. Yeah, uh, I'd agree more, with that. And then it sets up the the feud with Strickland and Keith Lee. Yeah. Um, however, Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb is is just a, a bit of a bland heel for me. I and whoever whoever this is the it's ironic that the women's title is the least important of the three women's titles on this show because yeah. The, the feud with Anna Jay and Jade Cargill has been has been brilliant. Some of the, the heel work from Jade Cargill has been brilliant. And then you're building up the Own Heart Foundation uh, finals. Yeah. Uh, and you know, this is gonna be this is gonna be something that's gonna be big. And the women's titles just sort of fallen by the wayside because of it. Yeah, it's pretty wild, isn't it? The, the main title is, is is falling by the wayside, as you say, and the TBS title and and now this, you know, the Owen is much more important. So it seems so far. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what kind of comes out of this one. Yeah, and where Thunder, Ro- I expect Thunder Rosa to to retain, and where she goes from this point. You know, who's going? Is it going to be the winner of the Owen? I don't know. Uh, is is that the step? I've not a clue. But um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how that one shakes out and uh obviously we haven't got the the full brackets for for those finals at the moment but um it goes to the aw world champion is adam page and cm punk and i don't know about you but i do feel it's time for a title change here i i I think so too i think um it's gonna be a quick one i think it'll be a quick grain for punk it's not going to be a long one you know what? I actually, I th- I think they might turn Page heel here. Because sort of have been doing that over the past couple of weeks, haven't they? They've, they've brought him out in a bit more of a heely way. And and I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you what my thinking is here. And I'm going to put my put on an outfit I've not put on in a while. It's my fantasy booking hat. And um, I think that the plan is because. 
a certain Kenneth Omega. Rumours will run rampant that he's due back soon. I think when he comes back and he goes straight into that title picture, because there's no other place he can go. If um, I mean, for me, the, the big story for Omega has got to be at some point head-to-head with Adam Cole with the whole control of the elite thing. You know, it, it could kind of end up running rampant. I'd love to see those guys kind of like, you know, take control of everything, you know, and, pay, um, uh, and Adam Cole get hold of that AEW title, tag titles go there, maybe to Red Dragon. You know, yes, I understand the dispute everything and my bias maybe from that, but... Yo, Omega comes back and goes, whoa, wait a minute. What are you doing running roughshod here? This is my, this is mine, mate. I'm the boss. I'm the leader of this. And then that creates that little, you know, the, the schism because then, yeah, you got the books that can split off back with Omega. You got the old school undisputed era and, and you've got two clear factions then. That does, that does sound like it would be amazing. Like the elite versus the undisputed era would be amazing. Huge. But I think when Kenny comes back, I think Adam Page is the feud, and I think I think they know Kenny's going to get a, a face reaction when he comes back. Oh yeah, Hugh, it'll, it'll blow. Well, as soon as he comes back, it'll blow up. And I think Omega versus Page. Page is the heel, and then set up down the line, CM Punk versus Kenny Omega. I, th- I think that is the all-out... I think that's the all-out main event. You can have Punk take some time away after this feud. You know, you can have Punk go away and, you know, it's a screwy finish and that's what turns Adam Page heel and Kenny Omega wins the title back and then it's, hey, congratulations, but by the way, I'm next in line. And then, hey, you could even you could even do the, the control of the elite. Yep. All of the undisputed elite, sorry with the title on the line you know yeah. and they're about they're talking about having a trio's title that they're leaving for Kenny Omega the Undisputed Era versus oh. the, the trio's title could be good and as we round back to the world title match that should tell you how dull Adam Page's run has been <laughs> it's been awful I'm uh, yeah no disrespect to, to, to Hangman because he's great but it's been horrendous it's just been dull as dishwater there's, there's nothing going on that's the thing as well. Like we, um, like everyone wanted this. Adam Page was the guy that had to end Omega's reign. There was no one else that could have done it. It had to be him. It was built from when they had the tag title match together to when um, when he beat him in the AEW Tournament Eliminator right before he won the AEW title and. Yeah, like it, it was the right call. It was one hundred percent the right call. No one can say now, or oh, that wasn't. It was at the time. Yep. The execution of the title run has been exceptionally poor, and that's again, it's the dog chasing the bus. Caught mm-hmm. the bus. Don't know what to do with it. Exactly. So, what about the elite? Sorry, not the elite. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, elite versus delete. Hardy's versus. <laughs> I. I would like to see them. A ladder match would be cool. I'm not saying it wouldn't be. But straight up, the Hardy Boys, not the deleted Hardy Boys, not the I am broken, Matt. Yeah, the proper Hardy Boys. Let it go, Matt. It was good in TNA. It was good in Ring of Honor. It got watered down in WWE. 
And then by the time you got to AEW, we had seen enough. Okay, let's yeah. it was fun. It's like Hollywood Rock. The reason we wanted more is because we only got it for like three months. We don't yeah. want any, you know what I mean? But um, I I think this could be an absolutely amazing tag match, but just the app <laughs> the absolute size of this card. I never want anyone complaining about the size of WrestleMania. <laughs> it's massive, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it, and that's the thing. That's why I was saying I'm fearing um, that House of Black. Yeah, Death Triangle. Yeah. Because, yeah, ten matches. Sorry, and apparently there's still a match to be added. So just Hookhausen versus Tony Nice and Smartmark, uh, Jade Cargill versus Anna J, uh, O'Reilly or Joe versus Adam Cole. Uh, Tony Storm or Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander, Thunder Rose of East Serena Deep, three way for the AEW tag titles, the Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus uh, Team Taz versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, uh, Anarchy in the Arena, six man tag match, tag team match, and the AEW World Title match lit. A lot going off, isn't there? Is there not usually a, a double or nothing? Um, but Battle Royal. Yeah, there isn't there normally something like that. I wonder if that will get added. Like we're recording this on Tuesday to be released on Wednesday, so Dynamite will have happened by the time next week comes. So we'll talk about any other matches that get added. But yeah, interesting. And <laughs> oh, I'm going to have too much wrestling to watch aside. I yeah, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to like you know pace myself with this because obviously I'm out that weekend, so there's no way I'm gonna be staying up Sunday night because I'm up early doors for work anyway on Monday. <laughs> it's it's gonna be uh, gonna be a busy old week of wrestling for me next week. At least uh, you know there's a bank holidays to come. Um, I'm thinking it's gonna be Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. That yeah. will be an absolute barn burner. Oh, that will be great, and I'm I'm oh, I'm gonna take a swing and I guess and I'm gonna say it's gonna be. Britt Baker and Ruby Soho? I think so, because Ruby Soho has, she has, you know, been very open. She's been unhappy with the opportunities since she got to AEW, you know. Maybe, maybe a new title contender, Ruby Soho. Yeah, I'm thinking that might be the finals. Uh, they, they, they sound like they, you know, the prime choices and they're two very good matches that could happen. So, yeah, looking forward to that. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, a wee throwback to... Yeah, to, NXT, yeah, the end of NXT. And the, uh, and the N- end of NXT as well, yeah, so... Yeah. yeah, the end of the black and gold. And, God, I'm just looking at everything could steal the show here. Um, There's a lot of... The, the matches are great, let's face it, that pay-per-view is stacked, and it's it's got some good stuff on it. That's going to be a good quality pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um... And this is the start of the absolute a mental amount of pay-per-views coming up, by the way. Oh, there's loads. There's loads, isn't there? Obviously, you've got Hell in a Cell coming up, and then it gets into Money in the Bank, SummerSlam. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to Clash at the Castle, so I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, so coming up, um, we have we have AWW or nothing this week. Then we have next week a double header. You've got... Um, NXT, uh, I believe it's Bash at the Beach they're doing. No, uh, in your house, isn't it? In your house, in your house, yes. NXT in your house and then Hell in a Cell on the same weekend. Then I believe we have a 
a week where there's nothing. I think there might actually be a New Japan show in between. Then we have Slammiversary, TNA's slash Impact Wrestling's 20-year anniversary. Yeah, oh, so good. Can't wait. That. I mean, there's going to be some good stuff undoubtedly on that one. They're celebrating 20 years. You know, um, dropping another uh, interview I did a little while ago. I interviewed Tash, Tash Steels about that, and she was just like, "I can't." You know, 20 years. This is epic, and undoubtedly they're going to pull everything out of the bag for that. I think so as well. Then you've got AW New Japan Forbidden Door. Then you go into Money in the Bank on, uh, I believe it's July the second. Yep. And that, that stipulation, yeah, was uh, is is that sticking what Cody said in the promo? Is that going to stay? I think he knows he's winning it and he's just uh, been... A- <laughs> oh, 100% Cody's winning it. I, I, I said this to my friend the other night. I think Cody's the one who's going to take it off Roman because they're not getting the rock back. So Cody, And then that, that match does not need a title. So I think, you know, Cody is going to take this. And I, I, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be interesting if he brought back the winged eagle belt as well? Would be nice. Would be nice. I just want them to win the Intercontinental title in the meantime, just so we can change it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, I love that old school title. The IC belt was always my favourite. I grew up with the 2000s, but actually, you know, one. So yeah. I was a bit pissed off when he did that. But, you know, I, I, I prefer the classic one over the new one. But anyway. Yeah. Bring, um, the, bring the, the old tag titles back as well for the Usos now. Everything old, bring it back after complaining. Bring, bring, back, bring back all the old stuff. Old stuff's really good, but <laughs> it kind of makes sense to like have one belt instead of carrying around two sets, doesn't it? I think that just tells you that the the double reign isn't lasting long. Like, yeah, we'll lose two titles. Yeah, I think like the TV channels are kind of like involved in that, aren't they? You know, they're saying like they want exclusive titles and stuff. So you know, the, the, there's discussions to be had. Yeah, exactly. But uh, as we enter into a massive, massive, not even month, months of wrestling pay-per-views, previews and reviews and all the news will be available here for you on ESSR Central. The crown jewel, not that pay-per-view, just an actual crown jewel of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet calendar of, of our programming. We are, we are the number one show, you know what I mean? We're if this is the Arrowverse, we're Arrow. We're what kicks everything off. Everything else, <laughs> it's just no flash. Doesn't matter. But anyway, we're going to wrap up the show for this week. Thank you very much, John, for joining us. My pleasure, mate. Thank you very much for having us. And remember, of course, if you want to listen to the the rest of the Arrowverse, not that it matters, uh, you can find it on all good. Android podcasting site, iTunes, Anchor and Spotify, Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet and come tell me how wonderful my show is and how great I am at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube and much, much more. We'll be back next week to review Double or Nothing and preview, what's the next one? Oh, preview Hell in a Cell. There you go. So we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retreat, East meets West where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check that out on the Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. Sports Social Podcast Network.